0: It may be hard to see, but I have brought with me a recipe card for banana nut muffins. What I like about the card is, is that there's this wonderful picture that keeps you encouraged for what the project's supposed to look like when you're done. And when you look at the back, they kind of give you a picture by picture for those of us who maybe read through things too fast. It says, this is what it should look like at this stage as you're going through it. You know, step-by-step processes are always much easier to follow than just looking at an end result picture and say, how am I supposed to get that to turn out? You know, most of us look at our talents and we remark, I can't teach. I wasn't called to preach. But you know this morning what I want us to focus on is something that Timothy was being taught by Paul and that is all of us are teachers. All of us are teachers. Even though we may not walk into a classroom, at least not willingly, we do teach. And we teach by example, we teach by pictures. Throughout the Bible, we find these admonitions to us. We find admonitions of parents to children, of fathers to sons, of mothers to daughters, of older people to younger people, of teachers to students. You know, by the words we say or don't say, we teach our children what is and what is not important. By our actions we teach what is important enough to spend our time on and what is not. So we need to be aware of being an example and ask ourselves what it is we are teaching. What is it that you are teaching? By our actions, By our words, what are we telling others is really important. This morning, I want to challenge you for a moment to, as parents, look into the lives of your children as if they were a mirror. And I want you to see what you're modeling. As you look into the mirror of your children's lives, as you look into the mirror of those people around you that you have an impact on, what are you teaching? Example is the school of mankind. Example is the school of mankind in 2nd Kings chapter 2 we read that we find the account of Elijah passing the mantle of his ministry to his successor Elisha now I want you to think about that for a moment because you see in the life of every church we are passing to the next generation we are right now preparing the next generation for what they're going to be like if we are content to just say well it's us it's me, I'm in charge. It's all gonna be about me. What you, what you fail to remember is we don't know how long someone will be here. My job, I remember when I turned 50, and well, 40 actually, and I began thinking, wow, I'm old. And then I turned 50, and then I thought about the fact, what have I accomplished in life? What is most valuable to me? And I look at ministry and I look at that and say, okay, what can I accomplish in this amount of time that I've got and I don't know how much time I have. And you know, as parents, you don't know how much time you've got. Elijah was teaching Elisha and one day, it wasn't that Elisha died, it wasn't that Elijah, it wasn't that Elijah died, it wasn't that Elijah was getting old and decrepit. God just sent the chariot and said, come on home. He was done. His ministry had finished. You know, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Do you see this pattern? Example begets example begets example. As a dad, the sobering thought that I have to always consider is, one what does my wife look like in her life what do my children look like in their lives and that responsibility is heavy and what about the church what does the church look like what do the attitudes in the church look like because you see i may be preaching but a lot of people say oh he's just preaching but what am i modeling what does the church look like Those things that ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do. Wow, that's quite the statement, isn't it? To say, the things that you have heard, and the things that you have received, and the things that you have learned, and the things that you have seen in me, do. A study of Jesus as he worked with his 12 disciples shows us that Jesus taught by the school of example. He took people with him and showed them how to minister. Do you know Jesus took the disciples with him to the poor? Jesus took the disciples with him to the hurting. Jesus took the disciples with him to the Pharisees. What was he doing? He wasn't showing them just the rosy things. He was showing them people are people. How are you going to minister to people? He took them aside then and explained what they saw. You see, they witnessed Jesus acting his example, and then they were taught by him. You see, example is the main schoolhouse for the disciples. They were with him for 3 years. That thought often sticks with me as I think about people that have been in church for 30 years. If they only if we only had 3 years with someone, 2 years with someone, what would we really come out with? Are we really passionate? Are we really learning about what's there? Example is the school of mankind. Example is the best school of mankind. In our text this morning, Paul's going to instruct Timothy to be an example, and then he specifies what being a good example looks like. Look back with me again at 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, and there we read, Let no man despise thy youth. Now, before you think this is a a sermon for teenagers, Timothy was in his 30s. Timothy is in his 30s. The other day I was playing pickleball with somebody and I got on the court and he said, young man, how are you today? And I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I haven't been called young man in so long. I wasn't certain if you were talking to me or not. What I learned though is this, you know, no matter how old you are, you're always younger than someone else. And someone always thinks, oh, you're just a young person. In the church, often as a young pastor will come in, they'll say, he's just young, he doesn't understand. And Paul says, Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth and I would look to each of you today and I said don't let anyone despise your lifestyle don't let them look down on you because they say look how look how immature they are Instead he says but be thou an example of the believers and notice these next words in word in conversation in charity in spirit in faith in purity So let's start with the very first one. He says, be thou an example. Be an example. That is to be a type, to be a blueprint, to be a pattern. You see, an example needs to be perfect. An example should be without flaw. Titus chapter 2 verse 7 says, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works I always enjoyed woodworking and I loved when I could get a pattern and I could literally lay it out on my wood and I could trace it so that I when I made my cut I knew exactly what it was supposed to be like you see you want to make sure that your pattern is as accurate as possible because the person that's going to use that pattern is going to use that pattern if it's not accurate They're in product. You know, it looks like one of those Pinterest nailed it ones, you know, where you see the beautiful picture and you see the icing that's just falling off and the things that don't look right. Often, that's a problem. Why? Because the pattern doesn't set them up for being successful. Now, I brought something with me today that my father-in-law gave to me the year before we were married. It's called a proof set now these early ones they put in plastic packaging like this and there's a little card that says we've done our best to protect these so that they'll look exactly now these are going to be shinier than normal it's because they're struck so that they have really precise edges unlike the kind of coins that we get in regular circulation now I brought another one because they learned later and they put them in hard things and this one is beginning to tarnish on my on my half dollar on my Franklin half dollar these there's no tarnishing and if you were to look carefully at these these are really sharp Um, if some of you afterwards would like to come up and look at it you can see these are different because you see these are proof sets Now, I thought it was very wise of my father-in-law to give me a proof set. This is a proof set of the year I was born. But it's a really good reminder that I need to make sure my life is crisp and clear and readable. And he was concerned about what am I going to be like? Why? Because... He was turning his daughter over to me and expecting me to lead her in the right way, to be a good example, to be a good pattern for her, but they did a wonderful job with her. But you know, she's lived with me longer than she ever lived with them. That makes me happy. I like to think how long we've been together. But the reality is, if there are any flaws in her life, I can't blame her parents. She's been with me longer than them. I ought to be the pattern for good works for my wife. He says, I want you to be a pattern, to be an example. And that's a challenge, not just for pastors, that's a challenge for each of us this morning. Now, how should we be a pattern? In what ways should we be a pattern? In what ways should we be showing people, here's the way you should live? Notice he says, the first thing is in word. Be an example or a blueprint in your speech. You know, that means we need to make sure we are students of what good communication is. Mm Not only are the words to be good, but they are to be the example of what speech, of what talking should be like. I would recommend to you, do not look at the political debates for examples of good speech. They have been horrible. They have violated all laws of civility and definitely have violated all laws that God says should be concerning speaking you know as we talked about speech on Wednesday night what did we find that literally what we're being taught in the public arena is not what you should imitate and we should never use the phrase do what I say don't do what I do because no matter what you say no matter what you tell your children no matter what you tell the people around you what you do is exactly how they interpret what you say You see, Ephesians chapter 4, a book we studied a couple, well, many months ago now, says let no corrupt or let no corrupted communication proceed out of your mouth. If we just put the period there, wow. You know those debates, those presidential debates would have lasted a very short time. They could have had a lot more commercials and they could have made a lot more money off that because neither one would have been allowed to speak. If they just started with the rules, instead of saying, we're going to mute your mic, we're just going to, anytime there's corrupt communication, we're just going to stop the communication. How would that be, though, in our lives? He says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You see, we should be the template, we should be the model for how people should speak. So let's think about that for a moment. We should be the template for how we should speak in disagreement. When you disagree with someone, how should we speak? Is it ever appropriate to attack the person rather than the point that we're talking about? Well, the answer would have to be no. It's not right to ever attack the person. Why? Because that person's made in God's image. That person is a reflection of the God that we say that we worship. Now, imagine most of us, by default, do whatever we've grown up with and we often will just say well that's just the way it was that's just the way it is and the answer that and and the real understanding comes back says no but you're that's not a good example I was gonna bring one and I forgot to bring it a double struck penny now those are unique because they're not supposed to get through and so if you get a double struck penny they're at least worth more than a penny depends on who wants it and depending on what year and what's happened to it but the reality is A double struck penny isn't right. The image isn't right. You know, in our lives, we have to look and say, we need to be an example of what right speech is. In disagreement? How about in discussion? Should the other person get a chance to speak? Should the other person get a chance to share what they're thinking? Even when we disagree with them? How about when we're in defense of a situation and we're wanting to show the reason why what we're doing is right? We should be an example in speech, shouldn't we? How about just, you know, the common term be talking over the fence. Your neighbor comes out, you come out, kind of just leaning on the fence, talking over the fence. The things that we talk about should be an example of right speech. How about when we're in the coffee shop? What we say should be an example of right speech. When we're discussing someone else, we should be an example of right speech. This is kind of in a different direction and yet not we should be a model of how we should respond when we're being corrected. The example of right speaking. You see, as, as Paul is telling Timothy, he said, Timothy, make sure your life backs up what you say. He says, be an example and don't let things be in your life that would cause people to look down on you, which would then hurt your ministry. And I look at what we're doing as a church and I think, what an incredible time. I love being here with you. I love the opportunity to reach Fargo. I love North Dakota nice. This is different than a lot of other places, but people here still need to know Jesus Christ and people here still need to know what does a real Christian look like? You see, he says, be an example in word and we pause this morning and just have to say what does my life look like in the words that I speak start specifically in our home what does our speech look like in our home what do our kids see as we communicate back and forth spouse to spouse or parent to child or? child to parent what do those words look like then he goes on he says be a pattern in conversation now it sounds like doublespeak doesn't it? it sounds like in word and in word and that's a that's an older English ism the word conversation means in your lifestyle so he wasn't being repetitious he was literally saying in the words you speak and in the way that you live you see as you apply this Christianity is spoken Christianity that is spoken but not lived is confusing our children define what we say by how we act so our lifestyle is an important example I visited, Cindy and I visited, and I won't tell you who it was, my goal is not to embarrass him, but Cindy and I visited a well-known pastor's church in California, many years ago, so you can try to guess, and I doubt you're going to figure it out, doesn't matter. We sat in the service, and he preached this incredible message on the importance of leaving Egypt behind and going to the promised land, and his point was this. Christians, don't live like the world that you've been rescued from. Live like your Redeemer. My heart was stirred to tears as I thought, Lord, that's the way I want my life to be. And I see my weaknesses. I see my failures. But that's not what I want to be like. I want to be like this. And as a good message should, it should push us to what we should be like. We don't come in expecting that the message will just validate everything we're doing in our life is perfect. And, well, I guess I'm just the perfect Christian. God's word is that that sword which pierces and gets the sin out of our life so my heart was stirred and they said they had this youth activity afterwards Cindy and I at the time were were very very involved in youth ministry that was what we did for that year as we were traveling and so we just followed the teenagers and went to their youth get together after church my heart was crushed because what he said and what the church did didn't make any sense. Therefore, when he said, don't look like this, be like this, and when I went into the youth group and I saw what the youth group did, I realized, oh, I misunderstood him. He didn't mean what I thought he meant because his actions helped me to understand what his words meant. You see, be an example in your conversation, in your lifestyle. That is a more revealing statement in our homes than maybe even our words because what we tell our children and then what we do gives them an understanding, a picture of what that really means, that step. Then he says, I want you to be an example. I want you to be a pattern in charity. The word charity has the idea of love that expresses itself in giving and kindness, being charitable toward others. it's the opposite of living for yourself or of living to take from someone else we model charity to our children by the way we treat our spouse we model charity to our children by the way we approach our relationships is this for whatever i can get out of this individual or is this what i can do for this individual be a be an example be a pattern Be a die that would help people to see exactly what this should look like. Focusing on what's best for the other person. You see, we do what we do with others, not because of that person, but because we love God and we love them. The idea here is that of being a pattern here The next one is being a pattern in spirit this is in disposition so he's talked about our love our motivation but then he talks about the spirit he's not talking about the Holy Spirit he's talking about our disposition or the influence which fills or governs our soul our attitudes we often talk with our kids hey Straighten up that attitude. Hey, your attitude's bad. But could I ask, what's our attitude like? We're to model the mood and disposition that's acceptable in the home. Is it okay to go around angry? Is it okay to give the silent treatment for days? Or even hours? Well, our kids go, oh, I get it. Now I see how it's played. I see how this works. When you say straighten up your attitude, you don't really mean straighten up the attitude because you say this, but this is how you live. Is it okay to remain moody? Blue. You see, we're to model what the attitude of a believer should be like what is it that drives us as a believer you see our attitude in serving the Lord is the pattern for how we deal with life's troubles and pressures life's troubles they are there and if we don't teach our children that you're going to go through life's troubles We're just setting them up for discouragement. But if we teach them, yes, I'm going through some really hard times right now. I'm being mistreated at work right now. They are not being fair right now. But I want you to know something. There is something that governs me beyond this, and that is my hope is in the Lord. This is really happening. I don't ignore this. But here's the spirit. Isn't it interesting that Daniel, when it appears his parents were killed when he was at a young age, we at least know he was separated from his parents, and I'm going to guess, based on history at that time, that all of those royal family parents were killed. Do you know what they said about Daniel? Daniel had an excellent spirit. You see, it was an attitude. He said, also, now look at the next one be a pattern in faith. Be a pattern in faith. What does that mean? It is your belief. It is this, it's your belief that is focused with this predominant idea of trust or confidence. Now, this goes two different directions, but I want you to notice we trust God. I do not know what's going to happen in the next election. I don't think. No matter who gets elected that it's going to fix America's problems. I vote. It's a privilege I have as a citizen. But that's not what my hope is in. I hope yours is not either because you're about to go through some difficult times regardless of this election. You see, my trust is that God is in control and whether I am here on earth or whether I am there in heaven with him, it's okay. Now, am I concerned for my family? Absolutely. I don't want to be separated from my family. I would really like for the rapture just to take us all and go home. But I really want to make sure that as Doug was reminding us this morning, there are people that I'd like to go with me that aren't ready to go which helps me to stay focused doesn't it because i don't i'm not guaranteed next year we're going to be having the same conversation and even if we are having the same conversation i'm positive this same group of people will not be here next year so we trust god in faith it also allows us to demonstrate what faithful living looks like to our kids, what faithful living looks like to our spouse, what faithful living looks like to our church. Faith and love go together. Faith always leads to faithfulness. When I believe God, I can be faithful to God because I trust him. He is in charge of what I'm not in charge of. So our life ought to demonstrate how to trust God to those around us. When trouble comes, where do we turn? When you lose your job and you don't have a job, where do you turn? It was real easy to preach that until I went through that. And as I went through that, then, you know, you've got me and the bank owned my home. And I was pretty certain the bank was not gonna be as understanding as I was in my circumstances. So how do I respond to that? How do I go through that? What is my attitude as I go through that? What is my faith as I go through that? Because you see, I can stand up here and I can say whatever I want but my wife was there with me. She saw my responses. My children saw my responses. And I had an opportunity to be an example. You'll have to ask her how good a job I did. When we have a setback, to whom do we call? And then he says, be a pattern in our purity. The idea of purity means free from mixture. It, it is what it says it is rather than having other stuff that's mixed in it that shouldn't be there. The root word means chaste. And that is so hard in this world full of sin. It's hard to be chaste in this world full of sin. We are confronted everywhere as we walk, as we read. As we view, as we watch, we are confronted all the time. And it's a battle. In purity, it's what's really what we're made up of. He says, Timothy, make sure your life is pure. You know it's possible today, every one of us, as we come in, we would go, that's what I'd like to be. That's not what I am right now. But you say, but I'm afraid to tell anybody because then they're going to look down on me. Could I just encourage you with the text that we're memorizing? How can a person change their way? If today, if you're wanting to say, I don't want to be what I have been, he says by start listening to what the scripture says rather than listening to what the media says rather than listening to what the unsaved world says rather than listening to what the movie crowd says start listening to what God says and it's a choice you get to choose every day you can choose to listen to any one of those but if you listen to their guidance you know where you're gonna end up how can a person change their way by paying attention to what God's Word says and then our verse this week Now you make the decision, with my whole heart have I sought thee. With my whole heart have I sought thee. I'm going to commit to go this direction. Maybe today, the one thing God wants you to take away from this is, I need to commit. I just need to commit. I'm going to commit to go this way. You know, being pure in our relationships. Next chapter in Timothy, he's gonna say, look, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and younger men as brothers, and older women as mothers, and younger as sisters with all purity. In other words, my relationship to older men My relationship to men my same age, my relationship to men who are younger than me, my relationship to older women, my relationship to women who are my same age. He didn't throw their daughters in here, but maybe my relationship to women that are younger than me. I need to make sure that all those relationships are kept pure. Keeping your relationship above reproach. Now, the danger in small communities is we try to keep the same relationships we had in high school with the people that are around us. Now I didn't grow up here so I don't have that struggle but some of you, this is where you've grown up. This is where you've been and the challenge is what about the people you've known all your life? People that you knew before you got married and has that relationship changed now that you are married? There's a huge danger there. Be an example, be a pattern of purity Be careful in your mental relationships as well as your physical relationships. You know, God, in his character, warned us. He said, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. That's don't delight or take great delight in something that's not yours. There'd be a lot more that I could speak about that, but could I come back to, this is the standard of what the coin should be. And it's a great reminder of the standard we should be in our homes. As a dad, As a husband, as a pastor, my life should model what I'm telling you so that what you see and what you read are the same. Example is the school of mankind. And don't be discouraged with that. Example is the best school of mankind. He or she is greatest who contributes the greatest original practical example. I want us to take out this new song that we have been learning. If you take out your sheet of paper, I'm going to ask you to follow along. I want you to read the verses. And then every time we come to the chorus, would you join me in singing with me? So read what the verse is saying and then sing with me each time we come to the chorus.
1: Many now are watching the footsteps that we take. Many soon will follow in the choices that we make. So let us then be faithful to be what we should be, and leave a good example that they can clearly see be an example of the believers in word and in conduct be steadfast in love in faith in pure Behind us, let us stand within the gap and make a difference in their lives. then be watching the weary day by day looking to encourage and to lead them in the way to run the race with patience on Jesus fix their eyes and challenge them with excellence that they might win the prize. Ready? Be an example of the believers in word and in conduct. Be steadfast in love, in faith, in purity of life those behind us. Let us stand within the gap and make a difference in their lives. Be an example to follow Christ. We teach
0: we are. So often we think that we can get by with acting a certain way. We think that we can justify our reaction, our mood or word choice or lifestyle. Whatever we do teaches a lesson to those around us. Our Lord demonstrated what he taught. The best way to win our family, our friends, is to model what we say. God's placed us here on purpose. Don't be discouraged, but don't be content to stay where you are. And don't be ashamed to tell your family or your friends when you've blown it and tell them, It wasn't a very good pattern. I'm sorry. This is the way it should have been. And go forward. I'm thankful that even when I blew it, when I was honest and admitted it, my family were willing to say, we forgive you and go forward. What's God working in your heart this morning to do? Is there something in your life that needs to change? In your word? In your lifestyle? In the way you treat others? In your attitudes? In your confidence in God? Would you take a moment talk with God about that. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, thank you for your word. Here was a man who had gone to a very difficult ministry, a place that had pastors that weren't teaching the right things, had gotten sidetracked, had deviated from your word, their life character was not good and Paul looked at Timothy and he said Timothy don't be afraid just be an example don't let things be in your life that would cause people to speak ill about you deal with them be an example in your character and Lord we pray that you'd help us in that same way help us as spouses to treat our spouse in such a way that our spouse would see and would turn to you help us with our children help us with our friends that our lives would be spotless and that as we live the right way we wouldn't look down on others but we would encourage them to come along and follow us to be followers of us even as we are followers of Christ may our attitudes always be filled with mercy and love as we speak the truth father for some who maybe have never received Jesus Christ as their Savior may they see the love of Jesus in the scriptures, but may they see the love of Jesus in our lives and may they long for that in their own life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.